Hey everybody, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the good folks at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. Andy is a long-time Hollywood, California person. That's not true. And a part-time lover. Well, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Andy, if you're looking to take a lovely lady over to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, you can actually take up to ten of them. For one hundred dollars at the away team special, I have taken one. Well, there you go. Then it was a it was a delightful evening. You know what? You all are welcome to take up to ten people in the away team special. You just go up to Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood and you tell them Star Trek: The Next Conversation sent you. Mention Riker's sexy new beard and get up to ten people in for one hundred dollars. That's the Ripley's Believe It or Not Auditorium in Hollywood, California, conveniently located at Hollywood and Highland. The center of entertainment. I made that up. They should use that. They really should. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. All right, here's the show. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. To talk about the next generation. Finally, the book show up. The what? The book show up. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Welcome to Star Trek: The Next Conversation. I'm Matt Myra. I'm Andrew Secunda. Thank you all for sticking with this podcast through times <laughs> of uh, varying quality. Number of episodes before. <laughs> The villains. This is really the moment that it all started to turn around. I mean, we had the beard. We have. No. The, you have. You've claimed the outfits. It's still not. I'm telling you, it's it's. We it's, still have t- a lot of terrible episodes. It's the uniforms. It's next year's uniforms. That's what really does it. I'm gonna figure this out here. Just, it's I'm really tweaking us a little bit. It's such a solid episode. I mean, oh, you really like this one? I really did. Good, good, good. I'm excited to hear about more of your thoughts. Yeah, but I'm also excited to hear about the thoughts. Of the many. Sometimes they outweigh the thoughts of the one. Or the few? <laughs> it's the few or the one. <laughs> um, and what Matt is implying is that we should hear from our Admirals Club. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admirals Club. Matt, how do people get into the Admirals Club? Well, Andy, it's very simple. All they have to do, head over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and you will be welcome with open arms in the rank of admiral with uh, all the rights and privileges granted therein people have been sending us pictures by the way of the actual admirals clubs from uh, airport <laughs> lounges <laughs> i don't have a problem They're with doing that their own role playing in there uh our first admirals club um entry is uh from astrolingo astro gringo sorry in switzerland mm-hmm. and uh uh, he or she says, um, best critical evaluation of classic Star Trek, and then it gets cut off, 
So I assume it's a it's there is the end. The end. <laughs> I appreciate love, enjoy, fancy, am fond of, adore, luxuriate, and get a kick out of Mr. Data. Come to the point. It it is it's a good podcast, sir. And uh, the other one is from uh, Alex T. Perry, who writes, Very fun, exclamation point. Discovered, no pun intended, Star Trek TNC through Matt's hosting duties on After Trek. Oh. Trek. Man, I'm really That's okay. a bad I think Alex tweeted today. Broadcaster Did he today. not? Did, Did he? Alex tweet? I believe I I, his Twitter mm. avatar is him in a uh, DS9 Voyager era Starfleet uniform. Red shoulders. Really? Voyager yeah. era? My favorite. Very fun and fun, funny commentaries on TNG episodes. Keep up the great work. Uh, I'm going to keep the Admirals Club a little quicker today. And that was the Admirals Club. Leave those reviews if you want to get in. Um, Captain, we are being hailed. So we can get I, right I, into what, the hills. Whatever solution Andy has made for his quick accessing of sound clips has paid off. I think it's just after doing... How many episodes of these have we done? 30, 40? 41? It's up there. So I guess finally my brain is adjusted to, oh, it's always going to be the same order of things. <laughs> um, anyway, our first hail is uh, from uh, John G. And he says, hey... I was curious about this myself. Why has no one ever said anything about how Matt Myra sounds exactly like Jeff Goldblum? Every time he talks, I start picturing Dr. Ian Malcolm, as, it ever, as no one ever notices. <laughs> never heard that. You've never heard it. I've heard Eugene Merman. <laughs> that, is, that is not a... That's, that's, there, that's, a, that's just a... You're saying a voice only. Yeah, voice. I don't think you sound anything like Eugene Merman. You know what? Our stand-up delivery is very similar. Oh, well, I haven't. Se- I don't, you know, I've never heard you do stand-up. Well, someday I might dust off the old microphone. Um, and then uh, just to keep the scales balanced, uh, Michael T from Nashville writes: Andrew Secunda, I was watching one of my favorite shows, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and its glorious return when I heard a familiar voice. Holy crap, dude! You were in Curb Your Enthusiasm. How to see with Larry David? Wow, your stock is rising, Secunda. <laughs> Too bad your name was Ken. Oh, I was... There was a guy who wrote me, I uh-huh. to do some research on this, whose name was the name of my character. Oh, and, that's uh, interesting. And um, Does he know Larry or... No, I don't think so. Huh. Although he's a radio show host. Um, but uh, even more reason to catch you two hetero life mates every week viva secunda viva tnc we were we were in competing time slots we were both on television at each other well andy was on television i was on the internet um that's right yeah well uh, no you you have been on television though yes but i'm talking about the sunday night situation right where curb aired and After but Trek that did aired. air on cbs originally or did it never air on cbs star trek Oh, After no, Trek. After Trek was never on the... Because te- oh, okay. what they did was they played the first episode, then made everybody go sign up for CBS All Access. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> In a move that has angered some, but has brought me joy. Um, it's easy for me to access all the episodes, at least. I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm also realizing that I misattributed attributed, uh, the... Um, the It was from Andrew. That was what confused me. That was not from... Our friend in Nashville, Michael, that was from Andrew. Oh, I thought you were saying that the email from the guy was a guy named Andrew who yeah. emailed you to say that you have the same name as me, not your character. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, that was a separate guy. The Andrew was the one who wrote, this is the worst 
hails ever and it's all my fault um andrew wrote me about kirby enthusiasm thank you for the shout out andrew uh, Michael T. from Nashville wrote us this. Enjoy the simple times of season two. While things get better later on, you also have to deal with the several problems uh, while trucking an ambassador somewhere episodes episodes in later seasons. Oh, that's true. That's very true. I enjoy the discovery aspect of Trek Most, a.k.a. a big Voyager fan. And that leads us into a couple of discovery emails, which were off of our conversation last week. Okay. Which, to me, is just... It's an interesting question, because uh, a gentleman, Ensign Space Monkey, wrote us last week um, a kind of, uh, you know, a a hot uh, email, of hot hail, um, about not enjoying discovery. (laughs) Hot hot hails. Because he felt it didn't give... It wasn't classic track, and it raised the issue for me. Can you say that's classic? That's Trek. That's not Trek. Mm. And so he had uh, some further reflections, which are okay, buddies. I may have come in a little hot before. I'm just passionate about the responsibility that comes with the Trek franchise. Mm-hmm. Much like Marvel, Trek has always cleverly and occasionally clumsily shined a light on issues of racial uh, equality, religious freedom, and tolerance, and many other current hot button problems. Okay. Um, this is the. Roddenberry woven throughout every series, every movie. Discovery has come uh, about 180 degrees in seven episodes. I've watched it. Came out of the gate cold, leaning heavily on war yeah. and betrayal. Gave me no Trek feels. Last three to four episodes have me eating my war, my words. Yeah, which I find interesting. With the war is only a backdrop. The true Roddenberry uh, shined through brilliantly. I can't tell if this was the no. I agree with that statement. Anyway, he says he apologizes for speaking to my captains in such a manner. Captains, <laughs> Myron, Secunda, I salute you. Live long and prosper. It's very nice. But the uh, I is that true? Has it changed? I forget, first yes. of all, I it still has, love it. It has shifted to a decidedly more Star Trek. I feel like Trek this feel. last time one with very Harry Star Mudd. Trek, yeah. Is it? What Absolutely. is the what was the theme? Well, uh, you'll see later. Yeah. Okay. I feel like, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's there was still no. It was just a really awesome plotted. I like that it's. I also like that it's earlier, and the you know there's more humanity because it's earlier. It's not a hundred years later where people are a little bit more chill and together. It's a hundred years earlier where people are more human on the ship. Yeah, I mean, look at America a hundred years ago. Exactly. You know. So I enjoy that. A lot of people want that to be now. Um, and then we hear from another hail. When it comes to Discovery, I think it works as Star Trek. It is a telling part of Star Trek history, though admittedly. My back hurts so much. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, Matthew. I wish it looked more like TOS in the same way Rogue One looked like A New Hope. And that's from Ryan. Novo Sedliak, yeah, energy know. engineer. I don't know, Novo. I agree with that. With what? With his statement. I oh, you wish of, it looked more I like... I love the Rogue One aesthetics that are harkening back to the Star Wars I, I knew as a youth. And I kind of... I'm not saying it shouldn't look at all different. <laughs> Do you know what... You know, uh, Andrew Probert, you're familiar with him, right? Designer of yes. uh, a lot of sets for TNG, the bridge. He built the bridge. Yes. <laughs> he commented on one of the Instagrams for After Trek and his question for After Trek was, yeah, why does everything in Discovery look like it belongs in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> that is valid. I can't dispute that. That's an interesting uh, comment from a from a legendary from a designer. What do you feel? Are you not allowed to say? What do I feel? Yeah. About the look of the show? Yeah, you you disagree. You like no, it. No, I don't mind it because it's not... 
I guess I want more. I just think it would like be they so... show the old communicators or something that looks like the old communicators in the credits and everything. I just want more of that, like flipping up the the, the communicators, like. There's uh, a little well, bit of the sounds, but I just there's want... A, there's an away team mission this week. Okay. So you'll see a lot of communicator action. All right. Um, also, could they do uh, site-to-site transport in TOS? They did yes. it in last week's. I believe so. And I loved all the Harry Mudd conning everybody and then them kind of reconning people. I have a question about the end, which I don't even know if we should get into. Um, I'm listening to... Okay, so here's, here's our uh, pen pals stuff from okay. last week all right i'm listening to the pen pals episode have had a oh no it's <laughs> discovery <laughs> had to take a minute to respond to an email you got claiming star trek isn't trek uh disco disco started at the beginning of arguably the largest and longest war starfleet has ever seen so of course things won't be the same as the show set in peacetime i agree yeah. with that It'd be completely insane and then he goes on to talking about in ds9 we had the defiant which was specifically built God, to was combat the Oh, did I just crack my no, iPhone it's again? Right there. It's right there. Oh, that would be the worst. Andy, why don't you set it on the amp? That's a good idea. I didn't want you to trip over it. Um, so uh, to combat the Borg and an Enterprise, there was a military detachment, the Makos. I've not seen that. So anyway, um, he was just basically saying, it's in wartime. Of course, they're going to be different, right. which I think is valid. Okay, Pen Pals Hales. You were wondering, this is from Rachel Bloom, our frequent uh, writer and fan, or uh, whatever, uh, crew member. Uh, you were wondering if it was considered rude to walk into someone's holodeck program, which Data did last week. Yeah. Well, according to Dr. Bashir and our man Bashir, I'm pronouncing that correctly. Yep. Uh, breaking into a holosuite during someone's program is not only rude, it's illegal. I should call Odo a and have hollow, you arrested. A hollow suite is a very different place than a hollow deck. I see. That's what the Ferengi used. The eh? Ferengi build hollow suites for pleasure. Huh. I feel like I would. That would be nice to have. <laughs> More Andy speed. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna try. And there's a long. A voicemail. I'm going to try and drop in the middle if I can. Interesting. We'll see if I can pull this Quite off. Quite a maneuver, Andy. Yeah. Well, I think the woman who wrote it, if you look at Measure for Man, we're really talking about can Data, who is a machine, be considered a sentient being? And, you know, I think Picard, and that, that episode does a really good job of proving that. Here in this episode, we could have doubled down on that. Like, what happens when a sentient being doesn't follow the rules? What happens, as y'all were talking about arguing against his programming, well, if you argue he's a sentient being, then he doesn't have programming. He, he understands the prime directive. He knows it should be followed. But he's making a conscious choice at this moment to disobey it. And so, you know, I think the episode could have been more, uh, better, better kind of laid out along with those themes if that had been focused more on than just breaking the prime directive. I mean, we're going to have countless episodes where they break the prime directive. I thought this directive. was a really good point. Talk about it. This is from Boyd they, they could have done better Houston. by saying, you know, hey, you know, Data is a sentient being. He's a machine. You know, maybe even having Picard being like, "Why are you breaking this program? Why are you going at your programming?" You know, Card, Card's the guy defending him in Measure of a Man, and now it's, once the sentient being is doing something that we don't like, oh, he's a machine now. You know, it, it's more about equality. I think. I think that the, that would have been a better episode. I think that would have been the idea of like, what does it mean when this person's equal to us when they do things we don't like? Well, that's the measure of equality. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I also also a great name for an episode, <laughs> measure of equality. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it also did point out they have this whole thing that's built on the prime directive, 
Yeah. And that's the main thrust of the episode, and this is really to, to Boyd's point. Uh, but you have Data do it, and so it raises all these questions about what's going on inside Data. So if the episode is about Data, then just come up with a plot that is about that and him breaking his programming, which I, as agreeing with Boyd, would be really interesting. Then And then you get into the questions of how what's the morality in his programming and... Right. You know what? How's it structured? The hierarchy of you know of things he can't break inside him, um, like uh, in terms of directives, because um, he just blatantly breaks the prime directive. Or just do a separate episode about the prime directive. I love separate episodes about the prime directive. Just do, kidding. Do you hate them? Well, there's so many. Well, that's the other thing. Is Jason K wrote us? Isn't the opening sequence from Star Trek Into Darkness exactly the dilemma in Pen Pals? Which is true. I mean, guess what, everybody? This episode of Discovery is a prime directive episode. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I think so. <laughs> Oh no, I forgot his phone was there. I told him to do that. <laughs> Put his foot on my phone. I'm just trying to get him to order a new iPhone. Uh, I think I'm going to. Should I? Yeah, why not? I don't know. What are you, not an iPhone user? Come on, bro. When everybody kept saying the jack was gone, I thought they meant the jack was entirely gone and it was fully waterproof. But it's just a, there's a still lightning jack, which is the same as 7+. Plus. This show is not brought Andy's to you by Apple. iPhone Minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then I tried to reboot, and I got that little rainbow spinning ball, you oh, know? No, that's not good. <laughs> Andy's iPhone Minute. Well, I guess that would be Andy's Mac Minute. Um, okay. Hey, what if I do oh, no. an internet web series called the Mac Minute? That probably doesn't exist out there. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I guess we should talk about this episode, right? That's all our business up top. Business up top is done at 16 minutes. Some people are happy. Most people are indifferent. Would you you have watched Q Who, Matthew? Yeah. The first episode that the Borg ever appeared in. Would you have watched that episode, Matt? I'd recommend people watch it. Um, I think because this, I think, really starts to shape the character Q becomes. No, I definitely, I, I definitely, he was so much more palatable in this episode than uh, than any other episode. I think at I've the seen. end of the day, Q is someone who, while annoying to the entire crew, has a real fondness for Picard. I, I mean, uh, that's. Do you find that out? Because I was. Uh, I mean, it's again gonna, and again. It's a theme, get into it's it, a theme that comes back. Again I have and questions again. about Guinan. I have a lot of questions, but sure. uh, we haven't to do this day in Trek first. Well, I know this is a Q Who production number one forty two. It aired the week of May eighth, nineteen eighty nine. Kids were lining up to see Batman, um, and uh, the hit song that week was Bon Jovi's "I'll Be There for You." Matt, oh, that's fine. Um, in the UK, it was a uh, "Hand on Your Heart." by Kylie Minogue. Man, Kylie was just cranking out the hits back she then. She was a big deal back then. She, she was still in LA. is a big deal. Does she live in LA? Is Kylie Minogue married? Let's look into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This is the clip I will play at their wedding. 
You know, when he first thought to find out if you were married, we were doing a podcast <laughs> called Star Trek, The Next Conversation. I feel like this is really going to raise my stock, this podcast. I'll be able to go out with it, whoever I want. Um, Kelly Minogue. She was in a relationship with Andre Valenzcoso until 2013. She, uh, she recently confirmed she was dating British actor Joshua Sasse. Yeah. A forthcoming marriage in 2016. Ah, ends engagement to Joshua Sasse. I think she's single again. Andy, you're going to do it. What else is happening in the world at this time? Um, Jenna Coleman's still number one, though. Um... Let's see. E. Solomon Rushdie's Satanic Verses still torching the bestseller list. Pet Cemetery held the top spot for the box. Jesus Way Christ. to go, Denise. Way to go, Denise Crosby. Yeah, she was on top of the world. Uh, top spot at box office. Fourth consecutive week. Pet Cemetery is so terrible. Um, the Magnum XL 200 roller coaster opened in Sandusky, Ohio. The tallest and fastest Ooh, roller Cedar coaster Point. in the world upon its opening. Um, that's right. Uh, Panama's presidential election was voided by Manuel Noriega's administration, who had lost to Guillermo, Guillermo Andara. Uh, subsequently, President Bush sent almost 2,000 troops to Panama to protect American citizens in the turbulent country. Boy, could you imagine if a sitting administration just nullified election results? It could happen. <laughs> Time Magazine's cover asks the question, fusion or illusion? <laughs> Seems like a illusion now. obscure scientist stirred excitement and outrage in the scientific world. That's it? That's it. Great. Got to tell you, this Bon Jovi song, garbage. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is directed by Rob Bowman, our favorite so far, and written by Maurice Hurley. Yep. He saved the good ones for himself. <laughs> On the edge of, you can do that. By the way, as a as a showrunner, you sure can. You kind of get first right of refusal because it's just like you can have like every as a as a staff writer, you're kind of always like, oh, I hope I get that one, which is what I wanted for Trek Wars uh, and the Goldbergs. And um, I was kind of angling for that, but Andy he was swooped in, with and, it, uh, and I had put four more years on the show than he swooped had, so. in with his so bag of money. I swooped in so much. Swooped as in with his I bag of money. I was stuck in a coal mine for a long swooped time. Swooped in with his bag of money and took it. And then I give him lines that end up in Entertainment Weekly because that's the kind of friend I am. I can almost guarantee that Matt is uh, is richer than I am at this point. Oh, there's his, there's his business manager to tell him some more money's come in. <laughs> oh, there's more money, Andy. <laughs> Don't need this show. Bye. <laughs> um... <laughs> What are we talking about? You were talking about uh, showrunners picking their scripts. Oh, so, yeah. Morris Hurley could kind of be floating around the room, and they're talking about, like, these ideas, and then suddenly the Borg idea, which in the documentary, Morris Hurley claims that he came up with the concept for the Borg. Which So I would love to talk to somebody on staff and know if that's true. But he clearly could go... You know, this one's mine. No, you can't write. I don't care how much work you did on this story. This one's mine. So... (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, we're going we're gonna to talk a lot about it. Here we go. On the edge of United Federation of Planets space, the Enterprise encounters its old nemesis, the super being Q, whose anger at being refused a crew post <laughs> leads him to hurl the ship into an unknown space. There, they encounter a new threat, the Borg. As the ship discovers the planet, that planet after planet is ravaged like those in the neutral zone, 
whose discretion was first blamed on the Romulans, Guinan, an old foe of Q as well, tells Picard that of the Borg's deadly attacks on her people. Suddenly, two Borg beam over from their cube-like ship and drain information from the starship's computers, ignoring the crew members and quickly learning to blunt phaser attacks. Their vessel then locks on Picard's ship, slices out a core of the saucer, killing 18. A brief skirmish uh, leaves the Borg ship damaged and Riker takes advantage of the lull to lead an away team over what they find is a half humanoid half robotic race living as a group mind intent only on destruction and gaining technology they also find that the Borg ship is regenerating itself sure enough the flight resumes and the Enterprise is soon on the brink of defeat its shields and warp drive gone Picard admits to a gloating cue that humans can't handle all that the cosmos might yield that he needs Q's help satisfied the super being returns the Enterprise to its own corner of the galaxy and vanishes Q is a really useful catch-all for any plot they want. I will say that. That's a little bit possibly lazy, although I enjoyed him much more in this episode. I think part of the the charm is... uh, Or not part of the charm. I think it's actually good on them for creating the character of Q and utilizing him as such. But why does he not bother you... In the same way that magic bothers you in fantasy. Because basically, it's like, because why does he show them the Borg? Well, it's because he wants he wants to be a member of the crew, and Picard says no. Why does he want to be a member of the crew? Well, unclear. Oh, him? I don't think he actually really wants to be a member of the crew. I think this is all his plan. To show them the Borg? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's how I interpreted it. What do you think? You're scratching your nose like you don't think. I just don't. I think it's vague. The starting point of it is him messing around with them and saying, I want to be a member of the crew. Well, They say, we don't want you as a member of the crew. And he says, you'll need me. So I guess you could say that he's sort of conning them so that he can get to that. It just Are his motivations ever explained in the course of the series? You don't have to tell me what they are, but... Or his motivate uh never outright, but there's always the secret story. Uh-huh. Well I do question whether that is lazy. Yeah. And then Guinan, we dig into Guinan in this episode, and I find her to be fascinating in the way they handle her in this episode. Mm-hmm. And just and I will and I I will accept just the right touch of mystery. Right. However, I will ask you about Guinan without telling me what happens. Yeah. Do we ever find out what Guinan's full deal is? Mm, not her full deal. You find out about her race, about her age, about a little bit of this and that. Nothing super detailed. Do you find out, because she says that the Borg basically uh, destroyed her planet and scattered her people throughout the, well, that's the universe. You've seen Star Trek Generations, right? Yes. Malcolm McDowell is an Elorian as well. And he wants to get back to the Nexus because his family was killed by the Borg. So he wants to go live in that peaceful, wonderful place of the Nexus. So that's is why that he's... where Guinan's from? Wait, what's the? What, I don't remember. Is it, which generations is the one with Shatner and yeah. and and the Enterprise B right? rescue, rescues that ship? That ship is full of Alorians who were okay. fleeing a Borg attack. And, and Guinan, Guinan and, is an Alorian. Guinan and Malcolm McDowell are on that ship. Okay, which is a hundred years before the Enterprise D. Okay. And what happens? They want to get back to... What is the Nexus again? In it's it? a garbage premise. <laughs> well, this is why I don't want to know this, the Nexus this well. The Nexus is like... 
it's a, a an energy ribbon uh-huh. that when you're in the energy ribbon, you have anything you want. And the Alorians lived in it. No, so we don't really find out what Guinan's deal is. No. Well, that's irritating. Saying it's me. vague. I guess it bugs me because I feel like the implication. I'm sure there's about a her history. Novel about yeah, I know. Get an email about, but I don't this care. is my point. <laughs> The, the implication about the background and story, and this is a pet peeve of mine, yeah. about episodic television in general, is fascinating. Her people were destroyed. Yeah. And also it seems like, to some degree, Q is this almost omnipotent being, is threatened by her in some way. He's really defensive about her. Yeah, There's a moment where... He sort of like indicates yeah, he's gonna take her, going to take her, and then she puts up her hands also, in yeah. some kind of thing, like she's going to do like something. Like the Elorian can combat the Q in some way, shape, or form that we don't know about. Yeah. Do we ever see that? No. Well, that's irritating. Why is that irritating? Because it's implied in a cool way, and that's what good storytelling is: is you hint at something. This is going to be proved wrong at some point, but I'm going to make a bold statement here. I feel like. It, it's like the thing that it's like sucking you in, leading you into a into a story concept that seems interesting, and then paying it off. It's like a it's like a joke with no punchline. I don't find the need to have all the answers of storytelling. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't need to know. I mean, this is weird coming from someone who likes to know how everything on the starship works, right? But storytelling wise. I find that I don't really need to know much. Like, I, th- I I thought we ended up finding out way too much about the Q continuum. In the series. In the Voyager episodes with Q. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, part of the thing is you have to have satisfying answers to it. But, I mean, if you compare it to, say, the Klingons, um, and I feel like the more we find out about the Klingons, there's some things that are dumb, but more more often than not, it seems like we go in a direction where it's like, oh, that's great. You're building it more into an honorable, you know, samurai-like background. Yeah, but that's and changing it as it's going. That's, that was I don't never, have a problem that with that. That was never the plan. Well, I don't have a problem with, I mean, I I do don't like that people don't think out where they're going, and that's where you can run into problems like Lost. But uh, but I understand TV is such, especially if you're doing 20, what were they doing, 26? Six. 26 episodes a season is insane. So, okay, you can't think everything out in advance, so I get that. But that's fine. Figure it out as you go. But just be – you yeah, know what the main don't... thing is? Honor the interesting part that you've already introduced and pay it off in some way. Yeah, but The I interesting question. They had other stories to tell. Well, then and, – and, and I got to tell you, Whoopi Goldberg's schedule was not great. Well, I wonder if it was a production issue. Did I, she, I guarantee she, you it was. Later on? Well, you still could have done one or two episodes where you just got into it a little bit more. Well, they decided to do time traveling instead. <sighs> anyway, that's my beef, <sighs> a.k.a. Jay Boy, you're going to just lose your mind when they travel back to turn of the century San Francisco and run into Guinan. Anyway, here we go. Is that what happened? It's a spoiler. Uh, I'm tired of not spoiling things for you because <laughs> you like ask life. me such annoying questions that are like just give it time. Well, I well to me it's a it's a series writing issue that if you introduce things in a, in but a TV show that already here's is, what I don't has had a lot of problems. It's unfair maintaining intelligent storylines, and then you introduce something that's like oh that's fascinating. I don't like. 
What is bugging you? It's unfair to the series. How? The way you're talking about it. How because so? you know I have all the answers in my head. Mm-hmm. And instead of watching this episode and enjoying this episode and going, oh, I hope they explore more of Guinan. And I, I have to be here and be like, well, they explore this much of Guinan, but beep, but a beep, And then you're like, no, why did they do that? It's instead <laughs> of like enjoying the introduction <laughs> of the character. Well, I guess it, it offers me the opportunity that I don't, obviously none of us have when we're watching a television show, which is to go, ooh, this is fascinating. Does this ever pay off? Which is a pet peeve of mine. And you can tell me, no, it doesn't. And then that makes me angry at the show. So I don't know that it's unfair. I think I'm judging the entire series instantly, which is certainly a very high bar for and a series. You can't do that. I think I can. You can, and you're going to continue to do so. But Also, I think that I can be fair in an episode-to-episode basis and say that I thought this episode was amazing. Oh, sorry. I make good points. Chocolate, please. <laughs> we, uh... We don't ordinarily say please to food dispensers around. We're dicks. Well, since it's listed as intelligent circuitry, why not? After all, working with so much artificial intelligence can be dehumanizing, right? So why not combat that tendency with a little simple courtesy? Now, I feel like this girl, new on the ship, knows about Geordi's proclivities with technology, Uh and she's Uh just playing to him. It's like the replicator's alive, isn't it, Jordy? Don't you think? Finally, someone sees. I mean, uh, we don't normally talk to <laughs> technology like that. I mean, that would be crazy, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? That's what's going on in that You scene. know, don't you? Have I been talking too much? No. Oh, uh, I do tend to have a bit of a motor mouth, especially when I'm excited. And you don't know how exciting it is to have gotten this assignment. Everyone in class, I mean everyone, wants the Enterprise. I mean, it would have been all right to spend some time on Rainer 6, do phase work with antimatter. That's my specialty. I know. That's why you got this assignment. I did it again. It's just that... I know. You're excited. Look, Sonia. Yes? I don't think you want to be around these control stations with that hot chocolate, do you? Here's my beef right now. Okay. I could spill hot chocolate on my iPhone in 2017 mm-hmm. and it's gonna be fine what if you got it in the uh, it's the lightning gonna jack. be fine <laughs> if I spilled it it's gonna be fine so I figure 300 years in the future they probably they probably figured it out yeah. I think oh, he's I'm just sorry. saying don't, don't spill hot chocolate on it's my baby that's what he means I forgot I had it in my hand um I'm gonna go finish it over here that's still engine room <laughs> Lieutenant uh, LaForge this is not gonna happen again Oh, no! Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Captain. Uh, My Captain. Uh, here's the deal with that okay. spill. All right. Well, well acted on both parts. Uh-huh. It is ridiculous to assume that Captain Picard would walk straight into the back of an ensign. Because <laughs> the way that's blocked. Yes. The way that the turn happens, he's, <laughs> like, not slowing down. Yeah, it's not. Is this Rob Bowman? Yeah. Rob Bowman, though. He knows what he's doing. Um... What do you think of this? What what is what uh, this character? Do we see her again? What's the? T- I it's think like so. just like not, so much time. Not often. A lot I almost of feel like this, this character. Is, we talk a lot about character payments. Where if you introduce a character, you get the character payment. Oh, there's a lot of stuff on that at some point, but we don't have to deal with it today. Um, Someone from the guild email us. No, a friend of mine um, emailed. Well, now we can get into it. Uh, Jane Espenson, 
uh-huh. famed Buffy writer, Buffy writer, and uh, you know a bunch of things. And I think that there was, uh, if there was, it wasn't a Moriarty on Once Upon a Time on ABC. Yeah. Um, but she was. Uh, she talked to me about uh, about that, and she like uh, my friend uh, Christine Boylan, mm. who's also a, uh, an extremely talented and accomplished um, hour long writer. Uh, who's listening to our podcast? By the way, she was a big, she was a big uh, TNG fan. Oh, well, welcome, welcome aboard. And uh, she's now, and she actually wrote a uh, a couple of anime um, Star Trek <laughs> stories <laughs> that were very good, and um, and uh, just unrelated to that. So anyway, she wrote us. She was she was texting to find out the reality of Moriarty, and let me see if I can track that down i wasn't prepared to do this guys oh the character payment of moriarty yes anyway we'll my point it. is we'll talk about we'll it next, this it. Okay. is a good tease okay very good we'll talk about it next week my point is um i wonder if maurice is fleshing this character like, hey, look at this character we really want to put her in every episode don't you think whether i'm on the show or i'm not that's a welcome energy to the bridge sonia gomez she's kind of afraid she's uh, she's human she makes mistakes she talks we haven't had a latina on the bridge <laughs> it's it's my fault sir indeed oh i wasn't looking it's all over you yes anson it's all over me at least let me sir Ensign, uh, Ensign... Oh, Ensign Sonia Gomez. Ensign Gomez is a recent Academy graduate, Captain. She just transferred over at Starbase 173. Is that so? Well, Ensign Sonia Gomez, I think it will be simpler if I simply change my uniform. My aunt was a Gomez. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. The Cuban hat? Love these Latinas, you know? Just and rolling around, ago. spilling chocolate. <laughs> That's what they do. Is that the subtext? <laughs> <laughs> it's a new stereotype. <laughs> I was spilling my drink like a Latina. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> there, there, haven't we been careless? A little cleaning service I'm only too happy to provide. We agreed you would never trouble my ship again. I always keep my arrangements, sir. Look. We're nowhere near your vessel. What did you do, Q? All right. That was the teaser, right? Yeah. That's a weird... I like like that he's... I like that that's the teaser... And theoretically, but I think they should have said, you know, I don't even know if we're in space or where in the gamma quadrant or so. It's just like all you. The last shot is just like <gasps> they're in the shuttle. That's it. Well, I think you get it from Patrick Stewart's look. I know when he looks, it's like holy shit. You, like you where need we are. a. You need a. The loudest thing known to man is the end of the Star Trek: The Next Generation theme song. I don't know if I agree. It's clock at five hundred decibels. <laughs> It's like a sonic boom. And then we're back dealing with Sonia Gomez again. He is really hammering Gomez hard. It's just like, why? We are going to sit, talk, relax, look at the stars. You need to learn how to slow down. Oh, no, 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 no. I I can't do that. You know, you're awfully young to be so driven. Yes, I am. I had to be. I had to be the best because only the best get to be here. Uh, Jordi, Lieutenant... I gotta say this okay. in the in light of all the uh, the current climate of uh, Weinstein 
uh, horribleness. Uh, this uh, scene struck me wrong. He's taken her to the holodeck. Uh, he's her superior officer. Just ten forward. Oh, just well, isn't that even more social? Well, he's insisting. Know, they're beyond that at that point. I see. Who knows? Gotcha. Whatever is out here, we're going to be the first humans to see it. And I want to be a part of that. I want to understand it. She reminds me of Ruthie. Relax. You're here. Our editor. You've made it. (laughs) It's funny. But you won't last long. I was going to say that she, uh, I really feel like uh, Tilly from Discovery is extremely like this character. Oh, to the nth degree. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they were inspired or just chance. I don't have anything to look for you this far away. Enterprise, this is Picard. Stop this foolishness, Q. Return me to the Enterprise. I suggest you change your attitude. Petulance does not become you. We have business, Picard. Keeping me a prisoner here will not compel me to discuss anything with you. It will in time. I like that they just waited out and (laughs) Q is bouncing a ball against the ship. Yeah. Uh, Do you have anything? Time code-wise? Uh, no, I, don't, I didn't really write down. Uh, where, where are you? Uh, I am at about... Yeah, no, I've said everything I was going to say. Oh, good. Okay. So let me... I kind of worked it in artfully as we were just sort of talking. It was You're just kind of casual getting conversation. getting so good at podcasting. It's out of control. <laughs> Except for the fact that I realized I was popping my peas earlier. Well, who isn't? Covered the area in a spherical pattern. Which it's me and Jeff Goldblum today on Star Trek TNC. Widen the area. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Dinosaurs, uh, 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 you, you will. <laughs> Do we stay out here years, decades? I'm ageless, Picard. You are not. The Enterprise will continue with Riker as captain. You're an impossibly stubborn human. Return me to my ship. If I return you to your ship, Will you agree to give my request a full hearing? Matt. Yes, sir. You're right, Picard. Your email. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got an email, everybody. You didn't. This is the proper venue for our discussion. I don't know if that counts. (laughs) Get 20 bucks from that guy every time I play it. (laughs) Uh, All right, so they're back on 10 forward, and... uh, Take a look if you're watching it at like 11.40, which is Riker's reaction to Picard being back on board. And he's like, it's crazy. We did it. <laughs> it's crazy. It almost is like, ha, ah, that Picard. He found a way back, even though I have no idea where he went. <laughs> he's probably like, I'm going to note this in my log. Lost the captain, found the captain. <laughs> Never realized how much I loved him until he was gone. Knew it was you. You! Picard, if you had half the sense you pretend to have, you would get her off your ship immediately. And if you'd like, I'd be more than pleased to expedite her departure. You know him. She raises her hand. We have had to know what he was going to do. And similar claws. Yeah. This creature is not what she appears to be. She's an imp. And where she goes, trouble always follows. I want to hear more about that. You're speaking of yourself, Q, not Guinan. Guinan? Is that your name now? Guinan is not the issue here. You are. 
We had an agreement that you would stop meddling with us. And so I have. What do you want, Q? You state your business. Get on with it. I agree, Captain. Enough about this creature. So you never find out... diverting us from the purpose of my being here. You never find out what the Q's relationship to Guinan is. No, sorry, Andy. Really Let it really bugs go. me. Let it go. You know what? Write it. I send really it, want send to. Send it to Paramount, and maybe I'm they'll produce to. it, buddy. You know what? I'm going to. Maybe they'll get everybody back together. Ooh, you could. Yeah. Guinan and... Uh, I guess you would have to make them younger somehow, but I guess they would just recast them if they were doing it on Discovery. Maybe some other young actor Which could is. play Q oh, the with some comedic training. And a younger actor, though. Shut up. <laughs> Crow brain. Growl for me. Let me know you still care. Wolf. My purpose is to join you. To join us as what? As a member of the crew, willing and able, ready to serve. This ship is already home for the indigent, the unwanted, the unworthy... Why not for a homeless entity? Homeless? Yes. The other members of the Q continuum kicked you out. Not all the Q are alike. Some are almost respectable. Ready and willing. Able to serve. What would you do? Would you start as an ordinary crewman? Hmm? What task is too menial for an entity? Sir, do you mock me? Not at all. That's the last thing I would do. Is it? (laughs) By definition, a part of our charter. Our mission is to seek out new and different life forms, and you certainly qualify as one of the most unique I've ever encountered. To learn about you is frankly provocative. Very sexy delivery. Captain, at least allow me to present my argument. Would you say that about me, Matt? Am I next kin to Uh, chaos? I think you're next of kin to... Self created <laughs> internal chaos. <laughs> that's, that's very accurate. <laughs> After our last encounter, I was asked to leave the Q continuum. Since then, I've been wandering vaguely, bored, really, my existence without purpose. Then I remembered all the good times I had with you. The good times? The first time we met you, you put us on trial for the crimes of humanity. Of which you were exonerated. The next time we saw you, you asked me to join the Q continuum. Network note. (laughs) It really does feel that way. Also, because they're, you know, uh, Frakes is selling the hell out of it, but it's like, yeah, so? He asked you to join the Q continuum. He didn't hurt anybody. I mean, Uh, he did, but that's not the issue. Just recounting the... uh, And Matt means network note because... It felt like some person from the network went, Who's this Q? We gotta tell everybody. Yeah, you can't just drop a character in here. We gotta remind everyone what what they did. You know, like when everyone restates their name and relationship on The Walking Dead. Hope is not required. Your help's not required, we'll so... We'll just have to see how ready you are. Q snaps his fingers. Well, here's another thing. What? It really felt like Harry Mudd in Discovery this week. It seems like they're very much trying to fashion him as almost a Q presence on the show. He like comes on, he's snapping his fingers, like the the transporters like taking people away. It's like you know he's like all confident and cocky and taunting them. If they wanted a Q presence, they could just write in a Q. I think they wanted to be different, so they used the character that already existed 
that was different. <laughs> also, if Q had existed before, wouldn't they Q know what Q existed. was? I know, but if they existed in in Starfleet in the Federation, you know, the, I, we've talked about it before. But Trelane's Q like, right? Yeah, but that's never called out in right. any dealing with they Q. Didn't they didn't want? They didn't know or want to do that. I mean, it got retconned, like right. in a book. It's not. It's not canon. Right. Anyway, Andy's got a lot of problems. Well, that's true. <laughs> I, I'm also bitching up a storm about an episode I really enjoyed. It's crazy. But, well, you know what the thing is, is because it's so much, there's so much promise and so many interesting things so that I, gonna my rate, mind You're going to rate this episode very lowly then. Is activated. Because it doesn't deliver on anything. No, that's not accurate. Well, then slow your roll. I'm, I'm allowed to slow sing my roll, thoughts. Slow your roll, Secunda. My thoughts are larger storytelling yeah. issues. What can you tell us? And tell us about you. Only that if I were you, I'd start back now. This is a stall. Storytelling stall. How so? A few scenes later, she gives him more information about the Borg. No, I think she genuinely is expecting him to listen to her and turn the ship back and just head back to Federation space, which had had he listened to her... Yeah. You know, granted, they wouldn't be back at the starbase for two years, but that's a, the Enterprise can handle that kind of a mission, no problem. Yeah, but why don't why doesn't instead of saying only if oh, what do you have to tell us? Only if I were you, I'd turn back now. Instead of saying that, why don't you go only this? They destroyed my planet because they, they haven't they encountered the Borg yet. Possible. They're just in a part of space that the Borg are in. Yeah, but why didn't she just tell them about the Borg? No, she's saying turn around. It's not up for her to tell them about species that they haven't encountered yet why is that it's just it, you know it's, you it upsets don't, you the don't natural know, course of yeah, things yeah because you don't know it because you don't know what a Malorian is you don't know what her directive is and that's my problem in the first place she doesn't have a directive she's a crew member on board the ship well then why didn't she just tell him all I would say is like if we wound up in a bad part of Lowell Massachusetts or something I'd be like all I'm gonna say is we should turn around yeah. and head back and that would irritate me and I would go why is that <laughs> What's supposed? What's going to happen? <laughs> and you would say, "Well, specifically, this is a neighborhood that I got mugged in." Or specifically, yeah. And I would be like, "Well, why don't we just leave the neighborhood and I'll talk all about it?" Well, yeah, but I, and I would turn around the car, but I would also go, "But well, why?" But he Tell doesn't me turn why. around the car. He just looks out the window and then decides he's going to explore this part of space. Well, there are a couple of things that happen in between the seats. Captain's log. Despite Guinan's warning, compelled to investigate this unexplored sector of the galaxy before heading back. Like a bunch of idiots. The sixth planet in the system is Class M. There is a series of roads on this planet which indicates a highly industrialized civilization. But where there should be cities, there are only great rips in the surface. It is though some great force just scooped all the machine elements off the face of the planet. It is identical to what happened to the outposts along the neutral zone. Captain, we are being probed. What is the source of the probe? A ship. It is on an intercept course. See, on screen. They should have just turned around. Well, sure. <laughs> Magnify. But they. Isn't this what they're always facing, though? Don't they? It's just always a choice of danger or exploration. Go to yellow alert. Going to yellow alert. Keep the shields down. We don't want to appear provocative. Aye, sir. Mr. Data, what can you tell us? The ship is strangely generalized in design. There is no specific bridge, no 
command center, there is no engineering section. I thought this was super smart. I can identify no living quarters. Life signs. There is no indication of life. Lieutenant Worf, what is the alert status? I detect no shields, no weapons of any known design. Hailing frequencies. Open. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. No response. This is Captain Picard representing the United Federation of Planets. Do it in a high-pitched, non-threatening voice. Hey, guys. <laughs> it's Captain Picard. Or you could just tell us the thing you didn't tell us before. I love Guinan's office. Oh, I didn't take, get a good look. Here, Captain. Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> look at the terrible art. The screen's activated. I have the other ship. You're familiar with this life form? Yes. My people encountered them a century ago. They destroyed our cities. Scattered my people throughout the galaxy. They're called the Borg. Protect yourself, Captain, or they'll destroy you. Shields up. Aye, sir. All decks, stand by. Great performance by Whoopi. 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 Uh, Captain, there's a there's dude. a weird guy here. Disappeared <laughs> <laughs> in engineering. He's got some kind of a weird. Security hand. report to main engineering. We have an intruder. I'm aroused. Can't put my finger on it. I guess Jordy would be totally into the Borg. Sure. I mean, technologically, they're yeah. they're very advanced. Status cyborgs. It seemed to make a visual survey of the engine core, sir. Then it moved in here. It hasn't been very talked. Interesting, isn't it? Not a he, not a she. Not like anything you've ever seen. Isn't it a he? An enhanced humanoid. What is it you want? Your computer core told me about something called pancakes. (laughs) I would like those, please. (laughs) Fat Borg. (laughs) Fat Borg. We should write it. (laughs) Uh, Your biological, uh, your, your, your culinary distinctiveness <laughs> will be added to our own <laughs> it's eating dairy it's affecting it oh no it's adjusted it can eat dairy now it's you know, not lactose you, intolerant if you eat enough dairy you're ready to go again i know you gotta work through it you know <laughs> you're talking to the talking to certainly preaching to the choir my friend oh that's right captain dairy dairy secunda look at the way he throws that guy i like that Picard and Worf both turn to the third guy and just like, hey, why don't you go deal with the board? Don't hit me with a phaser. I'll destroy your computer. Use whatever means to neutralize the invader. Um, all this yeah. was great. I love the design of the Borg. Especially for the time. So smart. I love that he just appears behind... Jordy, I love that it's a. Gen- I love the design I mean, of the cube. It's genius that no one had dis- no one had 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 a cube shaped ship before. Is so obvious and scary. It's 
great. Really smart. Yeah, I suppose it's a lack of aerodynamics or scary i do like how this like established from episode one that they're taking the borg nodes off yeah off the borg yeah is that where all their information and stuff is yeah um <laughs> really great sorry i just want to be uh let's go to the next scene here and then transport out it leaves a stain on the floor i wondered what that was i think he just and liquefied the other one. Did he? <laughs> you go back to the conference room. people had contact with the Borg. I've requested Guinan to participate in this conference. See if she tells us anything. I've requested our knows. bartender sit in with the senior officers in this moment of crisis. <laughs> well, she does seem to know an awful lot. What occurred just now in main engineering? Yes. What happened between your people and the Borg? I wasn't there personally. But from what I'm told, they swarmed through our system. And when they left, there was little or nothing left of my people. Guinan, if they were that aggressive, why didn't the Borg attack? They could have, but they didn't. They don't do that individually. That's not their way. When they decide to come, they their way come spelled wrong in subtitles. They don't do anything piecemeal. Then the initial encounter was solely for the purpose of gathering information. Yes. How do we reason with them? Let them know that we're not a threat. You don't. At least I've never known anyone who did. You haven't known Catherine Janeway. What? 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 Um, I uh, really like this performance from her. I think she's doing a great job. Very subdued. Very subdued. It's really nice. I don't understand how what their behavior is a little bit odd thus far to me. Perception. Handling this. You're carving us up like a roast. This was great. The 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 methodicalness of how the board goes through with this new species. Fire when ready. And taking their time, getting all the information they can. Really great. Again, Mr. Wolf. I would have been like, uh, Worf, the phasers are finally working. <laughs> it's the first time they actually do damage to anything. Were they? Oh. In the... Just mean in the show. Oh, yeah, like, it true. seems like they're always firing phasers. They're just making shields flicker and nothing's happening. That is true. And I would turn to him and I'd be like, whatever you're doing, keep it up. Nice work. <laughs> Worf winks back at him. Worf, Tasha never got the phasers to do this. <laughs> I also be like, keep going. Blow yeah, this thing out they the should have just water. destroyed the whole thing, right? Yeah. Well, they're explorers, and we're not Starfleet people. No. <sighs> Lorca would have taken them down. Oh fuck yeah! Control the shields; they've been fused. If you can't reprogram, then reroute. This girl's the worst. Like as a Starfleet officer. Dead just like that. I know. Just put it out of your head. No, I can't. I keep seeing them. Sonia, stop it. We'll have time to grieve later. Now, right now, let's just get these shields operative. Hmm? Right, right. Of course. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder if it's a little bit sexist, this character. Guinan. No, she's being very... Rookie. Wesley. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess She's true. being very rookie. It's. Yeah. I think it's a... 
cross gender out of fresh out of Starfleet or fresh into Starfleet, you're a dumb dumb. But you're not you're not more prepped. I mean, minimally, just the appropriateness of like going to your superior officer. I'm really upset about all these people dying. Seems weird. Yeah. Seems like Starfleet would just go, "Hey, uh, keep it yourself." Maybe if you're that's upset. why they sent her to the Enterprise because they know Counselor Troy's on board. Oh, she's all <laughs> messed up. Assemble a minimal away team. What? We don't hear from Troy in this episode Mr. about the Wharf, board, do we? Transporter room three. Really? Data. I wouldn't go there if I were you. I don't know, Guinan. They paid us a visit. It seems only fair that we return the courtesy. <laughs> he told her, even though she knows more about them. Captain, just listen to Guinan. <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> just do it. Um, I have something to say. Yeah, go ahead. Is it the Borg babies and how adorable they are? <laughs> they were adorable. I am a little bit confused about. They're just. Quote humanoids? Do we? Uh, I'm going to ask you another well, question. Well, there's so many species. There are a ton of species in the galaxy. So they just, just absorb like species. Did yeah. it start? Do we find out with a machine intelligence that started to grab these humanoids, or did it start with oh, humanoids? I don't know. I think that I think that was answered in a series, and I, I haven't. I Is that know. steam inside your glasses? Yeah, I'm very hot. <laughs> so really it fogs up. Is it because you're watching? This My glasses fog up during After Trek too. <laughs> wow. Um. Um, the point I was going to make is I believe I like to chart these kind of aesthetic things, which I feel very firmly when when I see, like, that thing was definitely influenced by this. I think that Matrix, the whole design of the Matrix, the green, uh, the numbering, the binariness, the machineness, and the exterior of the Borg, uh, the uh, people in pods that are powering the larger yeah. thing – all very Matrix-like, I think, taken directly from the Borg. And then I would go a generation back. Geiger. Yes. And I would say that the Borg is... is that, has that been on record? I was going to say it was established. Seems very firmly influenced by aliens and people in being trapped by these things. And uh, and the, 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 the color palette of you know, green and I've black. I've never really cared for the Borg or Borg episodes. Oh, my God. Controversial. So... No, honestly, like, so I've never, like, bothered to look into it. Like, I love... I'm not... Shocked. ...correctly saying what I mean to say. The Borg is... The Borg, best the, of both worlds. The one hope that I've held out in the my head. The best of both just, worlds is, are the best couple of episodes of Star Trek, or among the best of okay, ever good. made. That's what I would think. Um, but I never really, like, was enthralled by the Borg. Even though I love First Contact and... I just never like was like, oh, what's going on? I guess there's no real alien species in Star Trek that I've like really been like, whoa, what's their deal? Interesting. Nothing. No. I don't. I don't see how you could be such a big Star Trek fan. Isn't the whole thing the exploration and the interesting aspects of the alien? I think at the end of the day, I'm a fan of the ship. <laughs> so and, your perfect episode is a bottle episode. Oh, are you kidding me? Ugh. <laughs> You just want them to never leave the ship and just do bullshit protocol. There's an episode of say, this. There's an episode of this. I've taken care of the anomaly and the readouts. They Jordy. do an episode oh, of great. this. Thanks. Of Star Trek where the ship hits a pocket of dark matter or something and, uh-huh. and it just turns into the Poseidon adventure on the ship. Oh, fun. And it's such a delight for oh, me. That sounds amazing. Um, 
Well, I am very surprised, and I obviously need to see more, but uh, the Borg, to me, were the thing that hooked me. And I would say in Voyager, even though it's also that I was in love with uh, Jerry Ryan, the, um, the, the her character was the thing that made me a huge Voyager fan. So You just hopped on after they got rid of Kess? Kess was a waste of space. Nothing, nothing personal against the actress. This is all great. I mean, it is interesting to see this like thing that is such canon at this point. Such like a this is the first run-in with the Borg of the many dozens of run-ins with the Borg. We got to get. And you're establishing so much now. We got to get somebody from the writers' room in here to tell us how much Hurley came up with. Because if if this really is all Hurley, then I have to reevaluate everything I've thought about him. They appear to be in some I'm a kind genius. of space. Nobody gives me credit. Explain. There are slots along the wall, kind of like compartments. There are two Borg in each one. Captain, I would Kiss theorize him. that the Borg are somehow interconnected through these slots and are working collectively. We're going to try to access their main computer. I like the theory also just like why are they just walking around us and it's like maybe they're not threatened by us I believe each slot is designed for a specific Borg here's where the connection is made I'm surprised it didn't attack them it could begin moving at any moment the technology required to achieve this biological and artificial interface is far beyond our capabilities there are many advantages speed being the most obvious chip literally just thinks what it wants and then it happens Worf's about shooting. Worf likes shooting everything. Sure. It's a Klingon. He should, like, go to sleep, wake up, head to his shooting range. You know, like the phaser range that Picard and uh, Riker were hanging in. I bet Worf's in there constantly. Eight hours a day. Yeah. He, like, does his shift on the bridge. Right. Then he goes there. Yes. And he maybe sleeps for a half hour. And yet he loses every fight. <laughs> Captain, this is incredible. We've entered what appears to be the board nursery. So these aren't humans. These are just, whatever, babies of various alien races. Yeah, it could be any humanoid baby. Gotcha. I don't know if you've noticed in Star Trek, but a lot of alien races look like humans. They sure do. (laughs) There was a reason for that, though, right? There was something about M-class planets create similar kind of bipeds. Well, or at least that's there's an episode called Clues that does a fairly fun explanation of such a thing. TNG or TOS? TNG. It seemed like a TNG The ship appears title. to be regenerating. Perhaps this explains why they have not taken notice of our presence. Their collective effort is being directed into repairing this vessel. Captain, the Borg seem to be using their combined power to repair the ship. Transporter chief, beam the away team directly to the bridge. Why is that the... He just realizes that it's asleep and it's about to... He wants his chief of security, his first officer, and his no, I know chief of operations the... officer on the bridge. I, yeah, I understand that. But, I mean, what's the what the moment of realization is, oh, they're repairing themselves to attack again. We didn't defeat them at all. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Which is kind of great. Captain, the Borg are in pursuit. Oh, shit. On screen. Magnify. 
Bigger. <laughs> Bigger. Increase to 10 to the third power. Okay, now put a tint on it, like on Instagram. Data in big Continuing to regenerate. <laughs> Let's see if we can outrun them. Mr. LaForge, I want maximum warp for as long as we can hold it. It wasn't yes, already sir. at maximum warp. What is maximum warp at this point? 9.65 on the Enterprise. <laughs> we are now passing warp 8.5. 8.8. Warp 9. Arm the photon torpedoes. Let's see if we can slow them down. Torpedoes armed. Five. I like the photon torpedoes on the show. Now, I think the photon torpedoes should have worked. Hey, here's a question. Yeah. What is the qualitative distinction between a phaser blast and photon torpedoes in terms of the destructive effect? Torpedoes are far more destructive. The, the, are they like phasers a, are they an hit and then beam. they explode outward, or what's the? I mean, they have warheads. Uh-huh. Do they have warheads? It's not an energy thing. I mean, it's a warhead. It's there's energy in it, photons, mm-hmm. which is light. Right. Doesn't make any sense. Quantum <laughs> torpedoes come up later. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> they had no effect. Breach, this is engineering. We are now at warp 9.65. The Borg are still gaining. They will follow this ship until you exhaust your fuel. They I wear down your love this. Then you will be there. And I wonder if this was Rob Bowman's call or you should no, I can look it up. You um, I, it's just a shot where, is it, where Q is just revealed to be one of the crewmen that has been sitting in the background. You know, it's funny as I was thinking about scripting that. Turns around. In my head when I was watching it, I was like, okay, what do you write? Do you write SFX Q noise or do you write suddenly Picard is replaced by Q and Q is in the spot that Picard is in and then write the dialogue? Let's see. What was that line? What does he say? Uh, they will follow you. <laughs> to change the line uh exhaust uh they will follow the ship we changed it no uh, i i just uh, might have said it wrong they'll follow the ship until you exhaust your fuel yeah uh yeah the crewman at science one turns its cue that's you know yeah obviously rob bowman had the cleverness of having it be in the back of yeah. Riker. it's like in the in the in the background what does he really say in the next clever scene direction. what does it say in the next Captain scene when he starts becoming data and becoming between the enterprise and the borg ship engineering like when he's lying next to the horseshoe is like this blocking is this bowman or is this in the script oh yeah uh, let's see it's literally the next line andy what's the next line i don't know Jordy engineering to bridge. Okay. You're out of your league, Picard. You're out of le- your league, Picard. I'm auditioning. You should should have stayed where you belonged. Well, am I getting you, it? You, can you try not to giggle throughout the lines? <laughs> this isn't comedy right now. That's what Q does. He's a he's an imp. Um, even though he accused uh, kind of doing that. You're in your league, Picard. Uh, it doesn't say that. Hmm. This was. This is a heavy. This is a lot of Rob Bowman lifting, putting him no, here. I think they moved. They moved this line. They will follow the ship until you, you exhaust your fuel. They will, will will wear down your defenses. Then you will be there. As Picard looks from Q to the main screen, and it's a Borg ship. Um, and then it ends on you're out of your leak, Picard. You should stay where you belong. Is that where the act? I don't ends? know. Keep going. Keep reading. I don't think the act ends there. So I think they move shit around. So keep reading. 
then Jordy's in engineering next. Yes, he is. This is true. Okay. What are you trying to get to? When I'm he trying kills? to wonder if... I know. What are the, the lines place, that who happens cares? when... Keep reading. You're going to find it because he switches spots every other line I don't think so. I think there was a break So then here. this is a Rob Bowman. Okay. <laughs> like he switches. He becomes Data. And then he becomes Riker. Then he becomes... He switches spots. Right. That's all I'm asking is if the, the spot switching is scripted. There are no reports of any damage to the Enterprise. Okay. Look that line up. Got it. I don't... Yeah, it's not in the script. The weapon was designed to drain the shields. Confirmed. Shield effectiveness has been reduced 12%. Keep reading. Captain, the Borg ship is closing. They're firing again. Wesley added, Captain. Shields have been reduced 41%. Another hit, and we will be defenseless. Arm the photon torpedoes. Torpedoes armed. Fire the photons. Kablooey, kablowey. The Borg ship was not damaged. You can't outrun them. You can't destroy them. If you damage them, the essence of what they are remains. They regenerate and keep coming. Was he already in that spot? Yes. Your reserves will be gone. They are relentless. The board chip is firing. <laughs> I love this. Matt and Andy try to find out blocking in a 30-year-old again. script <laughs> on the next Star Trek, the next conversation. Captain, we've just lost the warp engines. Where's your stubbornness now, Picard? Your arrogance? Do you still profess to be prepared for what awaits you? The board ship is reestablishing it. Do you still beam. believe you're prepared Lock for our way to Either John Delancey yes, improved sir. it or they improved it on set. Without our shields, at this range, there is a high degree of probability that a photon detonation could destroy the Enterprise. Prepare to fire. I'll be leaving now. You thought you could. Mm-hmm. I'll be leaving now. <laughs> Not in the script. It is Rob Bowman's decision to have them switch. Very clever. Or whoever the writer was on set. Q. Possibly Maurice Hurley. End this. Moi? What makes you think I'm either inclined or capable to terminate this encounter? If we all die here, now, you will not be able to gloat. You wanted to frighten us. We're frightened. You wanted to show us that we were inadequate for the moment. I grant that. You wanted me to say, I need you. I need you! We... It says, end with a little motion. And it doesn't say snap. Delancey decided to snap. Position? Or, oh. 070, Mark 63, sir. Back where we started. Well, there's two Q moves. He does this, or he does this. Right. This is the other motion. Two finger twirl. The, um, the location is different in the script. I wonder if that's because Maurice Hurley didn't understand ship locations. What, is, what do you mean? 
at 076 Mark 225, back where we started. Leslie says. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You set a series of events into motion, bringing your contact with the Borg much sooner than it should have come. Now, perhaps when you're ready, it might be possible to establish a relationship with them. But for now, for right now, you're just raw material to them. Since they're aware of your existence. They will be coming. You can bet on it. In the script, it's you can depend on it. Bet on it's a better line. Maybe Q did the right thing for the wrong reason. How so? Well, perhaps what we most needed was a kick in our complacency to prepare us for what lies ahead. This business with the three dimensional chess isn't in the script either, which I thought was nice. Assume it was a checkmate. Hello. It had Picard leaves ten forward off Guinan's reaction, which I thought would have been also a powerful way to end it. Mm. Mm. Um, really, really satisfying episode. I'm glad you've, you're enjoying. The oh things. my gosh, uh, the Borg really turns it around. I'm really surprised at your 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 take on them. Um, what do you mean? I love the Borg. I love the I episodes guess, I see with the Borg. This is the thing that I don't understand about the general uh, reaction to. Ugh. I don't know. I know we've debated this before. We've got to. We. I, I, should we even bother with Shades of Grey? It's the last episode of the second season. Uh, you it's know, a fucking we clip have, show. No. Oh no! I think that we definitely have to. <laughs> All right. We got it's got to. Right, come on, complete us. You can't. You can't. You can't you're go right. to Star Wars fans. Well, Star you're Wars right. Fans, Star Trek fans. You're right. Um, I just I love I love real stakes. I love inventiveness in aesthetics. I love clever ways of dealing with a situation. Although I will say, they didn't really find their way out of this. I like that they set up a a problem so big that the only way out was for Picard to kind of humble himself. So well, is the only your, way out was Q, and the only way in was Q. Right, which is a, a little bit of a, a storytelling problem, but very minor. Jerry Minor. Jerry Minor. <laughs> it's a very Jerry Minor problem. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, all right, shall Andy, we, we, uh, get a, we got an to, award uh, in MVC here. Sure, sure do, my friend. I think I have an answer. You do? Yeah. I wonder I wonder if it's going to be what I think you're going to say. Well, it's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's going to be. Will it be Data, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher? Got to fill the time with something, at least until season three. What was it? Guinan. But they don't listen to it at all. <laughs> uh, well, think about if she's not there, right? 
Think about if she's not there at all. They wouldn't they even have their guard assimilated. up. They are assimilated. They are assimilated. Are they? How? I think so. How I, so? I, I think the... I don't... I think they're... I don't think they would be as cautious as they're regenerating and then get out of there. Do you uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah. I think they'd be... Assim- well, I don't actually think they'd be ultimately assimilated because Q doesn't want that to happen yet. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's not, if it's not Guinan, it's Riker for leading the away team. That's like because nothing fucking happens. But I mean, this is where we always get into an issue. Go I, ahead. I think that we, generally speaking, we give the MVC to our feeling of who, in the end, saves the whole ship. I think it, it's well, for us. It, it rests on the ship. You can't give it to Q. No. Is it? Are we definite? Are we clear? Are we definitely sure that he was not accepted as a member of the crew? Is yes. he acting sort of as a member of the I'm crew? I'm not giving it to Q. He's dressed as a member of the crew. It's not at most valuable Q member. Mm-hmm. It's crew member. <laughs> we should give most valuable Q member. <laughs> Once again, it is Q. <laughs> um, yeah, it's tough to give it even to Picard. All he does is sort of say, I need you. Right other person I mean uh, oh what about who is the person who decides Sonia Gomez (laughs) who decides what is there anyone that decides you gotta alter the the phasers to hit them again no that doesn't come up until the best of both worlds end of season three I gotcha how come they how come the photon torpedoes work on them haven't they already adjusted to the phaser? How come the photon torpedoes work? They don't work on them. But the phasers do. Well, the phasers of the ship operate at a different frequency than the hand phasers. I see. So this is the first time they're using the ship phasers on the Borg ship. Satisfying answer. However, I would have wanted the torpedoes to work because they don't fire torpedoes. Yeah, the they ship. don't. The torpedo should have worked right. the first time around. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Valid. That's just my thought. Um... So what are you doing? Chief O'Brien it is. <laughs> I mean, Worf does shoot at the ship and <laughs> the giant cube and hit the fuck out of it. Sorry for the cussing, yeah, folks. Yeah, he does. Do I want to give it to Worf? Doesn't seem very satisfying. No. I mean, my thought is it's Guinan. Oh, and he also takes down the other... Borgen Engineering. Yeah. And uh, Jordy gets us up to warp, warp 9.65. <laughs> Should we give it to Maury's early? <laughs> no. Um, it's not Sonia Gomez. I mean, if you're going to eliminate people, great. I mean, because Pulaski's not in it. She's out. Right. Wesley Crusher, what does he do? He flies no. the ship, which maybe is the most important thing that happens right. in this episode. Data doesn't do anything. It's not Data. Troy I mean, doesn't do anything. It's not Troy. Here's a question. Gathering intel on them was useful to... Well, I said if I, don't, the if, I don't, later. Yeah, if I don't give it to Guinan, I'm giving it to Riker for leading the away team. Right. So but I guess my question about the MVC is, does crew member extend to Starfleet, or is it just crew member of the Enterprise? No, she, she is a member of the crew. I understand, but I yeah. guess what I'm saying is like what Riker did was more useful to the Federation, but right. it was not necessarily it was more dangerous. I to think the it's Enterprise. the danger of the weak, right? Um, then I, I say I say Picard. 
What? Uh, he's 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 he what? Humbled, he humbled himself and saved them. There's no other. No one else saved them. There's no active player in this other yeah, than it's Riker. I mean, then Picard. Yeah, or either that or Worf. But Worf doesn't really save them. Oh boy, I don't like this Captain Picard situation. Uh, well, here. people have argued that we remove him from the equation. Let's. But I, also, we can episode, do a split vote, and you could say Guinan, and for I could the sake say of this episode. Let's say we removed him. Who would you go with? You know what? Oh, man. You know, the other thing is, he didn't just humble himself. He hears they're being repaired. They're repairing themselves. And he knows with his experience, this is bad news. We're getting out of here. Yeah. Of course, the problem is that doesn't save them either. No, because they would have been destroyed. Right. Regardless. In terms of the timeline. He should have listened. They're like two years away. I assume it's not two years later that they show up. I mean, it's a year and a half. Right. Oh, is it? Okay. They do. I mean, but again, they're two years away. Right. Oh, yeah. But, and, but and the, the Borg, Borg are slightly faster. Fast, right. They have transwarp. Right. Don't we have transwarp? <laughs> On we. the Excelsior. I said we. On the Excelsior, they did. So then wouldn't we have transwarp? Uh, they decided it didn't work. I see. Thanks to Scotty removing three bolts. <laughs> right. What are you saying Guinan did? I'm saying that Guinan warned them. Warned them. And so that put them on their guard. Put them on guard and. and, and you know, it's interesting that it's not more of a problem in this episode. No one. Let's give it to no one. No one did anything. You don't give Captain Picard. Yeah, no, he didn't save them. Okay. No MVC. No MVC. What? I love it. <laughs> what a decision. <laughs> All right. Or some other method of ranking. I'm very curious to hear what you're going to say. Oh, as far as what the rank of this episode is, this is a zero out of ten Andes, correct? Correct. That's how we do this on this show? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give this eight Andes. Eight. Eight Andes. It's a high-quality Have we gone up to 8.5? I don't know. I think I have. I think my favorite episode so far has been 0110011. I'm... (laughs) Really? I think that's been my highest ranked episode so far. That's crazy. But it's you. But it plays it's such totally, a dumb episode. It plays totally into like my wheelhouse because I love Operation, uh-huh. right? And they go to they have to go to Starbase to get work done. Uh-huh. <laughs> so funny, <laughs> so lame. <laughs> um, I feel like I gave Contagion. I wish I had him in front of me. If any what the, fan what up was there wants one? to tell us what our ratings remember are. remember that. What was that? Hey, did somebody... Is Brad Arrington doing that? I don't want to give him more work. Don't, don't give him more work. But uh, I would love to know what I rated each episode. Because um, I think I gave Contagion the highest rating. And it might have been an 8.5. But maybe it wasn't. If it was an 8.5, this is a 9. Well, what if it wasn't? Just rank it on its own merits. I feel like I want to give it an 8.5. Then give it an 8.5. But it's better than Contagion. Give it one half point greater than Contagion. It, well, that's the thing. I think I gave it Contagion an 8.5, but I'm not sure. All right, I'm giving this an 8.5. There you go. I think that's a very acceptable thing. So, Andy, yeah, let's talk about the next episode, which is the Samaritan Snare, which has my uh, favorite group of aliens to come along you in a while. You know I'm giving it a 9. They invent, this one invented the Borg. There you go. Okay. Uh, my favorite group of aliens to come in a while is the Paclids. <laughs> uh-huh. 
<laughs> I believe this is the Packlet episode. Okay. Oh, I hope this is the Packlet episode. If I'm wrong, I'm sad with myself. Okay. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation, Captain Picard's life is on the line as he faces a critical operation. This man is dying. And Jordy yeah, is held stupid. hostage by alien kidnappers. Drop your shields. The this is the Enterprise. Return our personnel or face immediate reprisal. <laughs> Two lives hang in the balance. The captain needs our help. Phasers ready, sir. My friends, my people, they're trying to kill us. Fire. On Star Trek The Next Generation. That looks like a pile of trash. <laughs> oh, it is. That looks insane. insane. I love the pack. Those, the those pack guys look like they're... they're Tweedledee Tweedledum. Yes. Essentially, they're the stupidest race of aliens that's ever been encountered, and oh, they no. look for things, things to make them go. Oh, my God. So. They look like the um, in the Twilight Zone episode, Eye of the Beholder, the yeah. people that they... They do. Uh, am I forgetting anything else? I feel like we are, but I don't think we are. Do we have any other bit of business? Uh, <laughs> no, right? No, I don't think so. It feels like there's more to do to this it show. It really does. I don't. Are we missing anything? How much time are we in? We're way in. Are we? <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish I had some other big reveal to find in the uh, script. We're, we're, we're an hour and a half into the show. What I really want to do is I want... I want us to have a little section, maybe it would be in the Hales section, where we can talk to Tracy Torme or whoever the people were and go, okay, here were our questions from the last episode. What's your take? It's kind of like what I get to do off air at After Trek. Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, do you do that? You've got to tell me what's going on. I ask all kinds of questions. Everybody tune in and watch Matt on After Trek, by don't, the way, please, on don't. CBS. What are you doing? Uh, it's watch. crushing my soul. Uh, Star Trek fans are mean, mean people. Oh, are they? It's like some people. <laughs> like, a lot of people have had critiques for Matt. <laughs> it's it's just a lot. Uh, and like, I know, I, I get it. I'm kind of annoying, and I'm sorry. And I wish that you didn't have to see my face. And I wish I was not. There the have that, to be people that honestly, are being positive, and you're screening them out because you're you self you hate yourself. Well, you know, it's a lot easier to read a negative comment and and, and let that affect you for a long period of time. Sure. <sighs> Point is, don't. I feel like the podcast Star Trek audience is very nice comparatively. I mean, there's a the one person who called me an asshole, but outside of that, I feel like generally speaking, did bike riding guy ever call back? No, I think he's had his say. I'm sure he'll we'll hear from him again, like you. <laughs> I think he's pacing himself out, like you. Eh, I like it. And every once in a while, he'll come back. All right. Well, anyway, if you're annoyed by me on After Trek, I'm sorry. If you like me uh, here, thank you. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> Check him out. Support him. I think it's great. Whatever. I think I enjoy it. I enjoy. The, I love the show. I really have been enjoying After Trek. Um, and honestly, I got to tell you, Matt. It's not my kind of show, even though I'm doing that kind of show. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like what, just sort of a, a, a like dissecting the thing, yeah. not the after track, just in general, the talking dead genre. Yeah. is not my thing. And I really, because I enjoy the show so much, I've been watching it and really loving it. Your after track. I mean, I don't know that we get any good information out, do we? Yes. Do, are you allowed to dig in more? Mm. And be, a, be an annoying irritant like me? That's a good question. You should check into it. No. Yeah, we'll see. The show's evolving. Tweet at him what you would like to see on the show. No, don't. All right. Don't tweet at me. You can tweet at me. Maybe don't tweet I'll, at me ever again. I'll bring it up casually. <laughs> All right. It's very sensitive. <sighs> I'm going to go to a hollow suite. <laughs>
Oh, sweet. Isn't that working? <laughs> My transporter doesn't even work. Oh. <laughs>